Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of The Law and Finance Show, and today we have another great guest on. Now, if you've been wondering about you know, how decisions are made when it comes down to legal technology, legal marketing, there are a few people that really do have a seat at the proverbial table. I mean, these people are ones that if you see them at a conference, they're walking around with an entourage because people are sitting at the edge of their seat listening to what these people have to say. Well, today I have a, one of those special people on and she goes by the name of Rogo. When you see her, you may recognize her face, but I will tell you, you will love her story. So stay tuned for today's episode. So without further ado, let me bring on my guest, Rogo. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Terrell. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you and I had the pleasure of meeting at the ABA Tech Show in Chicago um, that happened with early 2023. Um, and you've been on a road show. I mean, you've been to Legal, Legal Week. Um, and I think there's so much anticipation about where you're going to pop up next. So what I will do is tell us a little bit about your background. And then I want to dive a little bit more into, you know, how you became such a, you know, leader in the space of legal tech and marketing. So tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. And thank you very much for the intro and for the compliments. Um, it's, it's humbling. It's exciting. <clears throat> So my background, I have been in law for 28 years. I was a litigation paralegal for 11 years and I have a paralegal degree and two year degree. And then I went back and uh, received a bachelor's in communication management and a minor in marketing. And I worked full time while I went to school with both degrees. And um, then I went into a sales job with a court reporting company, sold court reporting, video trial services. And then we were acquired by an e-discovery company. And that was in 2005, 2006. And what really triggered my interest in marketing was that being originally from Alabama and working for a company that was international, the marketing messages to my audience weren't really helping. And I had some pretty stiff competition, you know, that veterans that have been there for two or three decades and pretty ingrained in the community. And, and I thought it would be easier for me because I'd been a paralegal, um, but it wasn't. And um, so I just, I ended up doing just some self-professional development in sales. And one of the things I learned about was doing an email campaign. And so I went back to my marketing department and talked to them about uh, what was really important to my audience. And they go to church and they want to work with people they go to church with. They want to work with people that their kids play ball with. Um, in the deep South, they care about, you know, our farms and our fresh farm food and cooking and grilling out and, and football. Right. So we had to come up with messaging really creative that address those things, but in a way that also allowed them to really open up to me and to receive our message about our products and our services. So that was kind of where marketing and sales really came together for me. But then through the acquisition and learning about e-discovery and working there for about seven years in sales, we eventually had the need to create our own education group on e-discovery 
because back then no one was coming to Alabama. They were going to New York and DC and the AMLAWS and the bet the company cases because that's where the money was in e-discovery back then. Um, so some lawyers and judges and I came together, a uh, couple of women and mostly men, and we created what we called the ESI Roundtable. And we started doing our own CLE education on e-discovery in about 2010 when Alabama's laws were amended to address e-discovery. And then in 2012, um, my story took a pretty um, sharp corner turn. My mom was diagnosed with a terminal condition and I needed to take a step back to figure out how to you know, provide care for her. And that was when the lawyers and judges in Alabama sat me down and just said, look, you've got something here. And if you want to turn this into a business, we will help you. And so I had a variety of help and that was 2012, turned it into a business and started learning how to use LinkedIn a little bit more. I had no CRM, no email campaign, no tools. I had a Yahoo address and an Excel spreadsheet and a LinkedIn profile. And <clears throat> so I, we had programs already planned and everybody knew what was happening. And I just put a message out to, through my Yahoo using the Excel spreadsheet emails. Hey, this is what's going on. You know what's happening, but we still have programs. And if you want to continue this, then I need your help promoting it while I figure out how to build a business. And it was one of the second most highly attended programs we had ever done. It was packed. Um, and I, from LinkedIn, I had a few people throughout the country, literally from California to DC, um, who attended that program on a webinar. And within an hour and a half, I had lawyers from Atlanta, Miami, and other parts of the country calling, what is it going to take for you to bring the round table to my city and do the same thing? We need this. And that's how my entrepreneurship really got off the ground. And then just over the last 11 years, there's been ups and downs with my mom and I both had health issues. I ended up being diagnosed with um, fibroid tumors and breast cancer in the same two years that she was battling Parkinson's. Um, she did pass away <clears throat> and I still had cancer journey to go through. And there was a time when I finally had to shut down the round table um, and take a step back and focus on my own health care. And then a few years later, um, in 2019, there was, again, an outreach from law firms and vendors. Hey, can you help me do for my company what you did for the round table? Um, and what they were talking about was my marketing, my DIY marketing, um, what some would call guerrilla marketing. But I'm a sales girl. <laughs> and so what I ended up doing is I created RPC Strategies which is a growth strategies consulting firm. So I have brought marketing and sales together under the same roof and I have aligned them properly the way that they need to be. Um, and now we work with small to mid-sized um, law firms, legal tech vendors, investors. We have a team of 16 people. We have 12 consultants. We have four advisory board members, one of whom is a former client. Um, so it's it's been a really exciting uh, roller coaster journey, um, but we are really cruising at top speed right now. Um, it's an exciting time to be RPC right now. Awesome. I love it. I love it. You know, one of the things that I remember from, you know, our interaction at, you know, the ABA Tech Show is, you know, you told me a little bit more and you went in a little bit more details about kind of your, your personal story and just, you know, navigating the, the health challenges and just how that that journey also played a role in helping you 
understand the challenges that people are going through. So, you know, one of the things that I think about is when it comes down to marketing, you know, you, you figured out something that other people kind of were missing as far as how to really connect with the people you're trying to reach. Like, you know, when you started pitching that idea to people, like, was it foreign to them about like, hey, they want to know like people that go to church with them or people that, you know, do these type of activities where people kind of looking at you with like deer in the headlights look? You know, that's a great question, but actually, no, um, they they embraced it. The, when I was at Merrill Corporation and we did this email campaign um, and I basically we came with this idea to do what we call the monthly e-news and recipe <laughs> and food and recipe has nothing to do with core reporting other than you take a lunch break in the middle of an all day deposition. Right. Um, but food and that kind of camaraderie and our, you know, Alabama has lots of farms and farmers and we have farmers markets. And literally, if you go to a farmers market in Alabama, like in Pepper Place in downtown Birmingham, um, the farmers picked it early that morning or the day before. And let me tell you, and I've grown my own tomatoes and maybe make me sound country and that's fine, but I have a picture of my first tomato. And let me tell you what, I have never tasted a better tomato in my entire life. And it was the size of my hand. It was amazing. But, but you see my enthusiasm for that. And I'm in Florida now and I can't grow tomatoes and it's, but it, it actually is that important. You know, that's part of the culture, football, food, um, you know, church. And so what we were able to do is create this e-news and recipe. And so it was, you know, one paragraph that was very a warm uh, paragraph letter from me um, trying to create a relationship with them and create that. You know, I'm warm. I'm trustworthy. The second piece of the email was about a product or service that I wanted to promote, but I did it in a non-salesy way. It was done in a way that, hey, I know who you are and what your goals are and what's in the way. And I would create a message around how my product or service could help them overcome those obstacles in order to achieve their goals. So it's not salesy, right? And then the bottom of it had a recipe, right? So they had to scroll through and see everything in my email in order to get to what they really wanted, which was the recipe. Um, but it worked. And so, you know, it's just something that has perpetuated. And, you know, like you said, like encouraging people, especially through the pandemic and, and even now, you know, the message to clients is whatever you do, the ups and downs of the economy, you know, what the pandemic has done, you know, we're in the post pandemic phase now. Um, whatever you do, don't stop marketing. Don't stop putting the message out. You've got to continue to be seen. You, you know, when you attend an event and you solve my profile and I have clients now that do it, I've trained clients on it. Like, don't be afraid to take your picture at an event, having a good time, being, you know, collegial and just enjoying the conference. Um, you know, what were your key takeaways? Do some personal branding like that. Um, but then as far as your company is concerned, be sure that you're keeping up with your LinkedIn company page. Keep a cadence. Try to put something out at least once a week on LinkedIn, once a week, check to see what other people are saying and engage with them. If you like something somebody um, put out, like it and try to make a short comment about it. If somebody does the same thing for you, be sure that you thank them in the comment and perpetuate that. And that I am, I've always been cash only bootstrapped and this is how we have grown 
the round table before I sunsetted it, which turned into RPC strategies and has led us to the kind of success and exposure we're experiencing now. I love that. And, you know, and, and I think it's, it's very interesting that, you know, when you and I were talking before we, you know, hi, before we hit the record um, mm -hmm. and we were talking about just how, like when I met you, I mean, you had a following at, you know, the ABA tech show at legal week, you had a following as well. And, and I think a lot of people want to say like, Hey, I want to be influential to where people follow me. And, and one of the things that I, I find very interesting and unique about you is you're more interested in giving and pouring into other people to where it's like, you're not seeking to be followed. You're seeking to add value to others. And so I'm curious when some of your clients work with you in, in your firm, what's some of the testimonials or feedback that they give about what the experience was like working with you? Sure. And thank you for saying that. <clears throat> it, it is true. Um, I do enjoy giving back and I recognize that I have had a lot of help along the way to get where I'm at. And I realized in my mid forties that I had built a career and a network and an awareness that I now had something to give back. So yes, I have been trying to do that since I realized that a few years ago. Um, the feedback, we've got a couple testimonials on the website and, you know, the testimonials are more about how we have used our knowledge. You know, I've been in the industry almost 30 years. The consultants that I have on my team are client success managers, our content writers, um, our marketing ops, our email campaigns guys. Um, they all have had a minimum of 10 years experience and most of us are in the 20 to 30 year range. So we bring that experience from law firms, from um, legal tech providers, from being marketers, from being sales, from being a paralegal. From I have a former lawyer, an ops person who was 20 years at an AMLA. So we have a robust amount of experience to bring to the table and we've been the end users. And that's how we're able to help build those strategies. And because we've been the end user, so we know what we're the end user. And again, that's all part of giving back is what does the client need in order to grow their business? And in order to understand that, you know, they need to understand who their targets are, who their, what their target's business um, goals are, what the challenges their target buyers are having, and then create thought leadership messaging around that. So nobody wants to be sold. Nobody wants to be sold. And with all of the technology we have available to us, um, B2B buyers especially are going to take themselves at least 70% on their own journey to go find information, resources, read material, read video, you know, watch videos, listen to podcasts. They're going to do the majority of their own research and digest that before they ever reach out for an appointment to have a conversation. And by the time they reach out, they are ready to buy. They are simply evaluating if the relationship is the right fit and if you really truly have the right skill set they need. Um, and your messaging can do two things. It's that thought leadership that you know what you're doing, but also is your messaging and your LinkedIn posts and, and things like that coming across as making you a real person and warm and inviting and trustworthy. And that's why they're going to pick up the phone and have a conversation about working out an engagement with you.
Nice. I love it. Well, I know we have um, a hard stop coming up. So I have two final questions that I want to ask. First one is, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about your organization? Um, sure. Our website right now is risingphoenix.guru. Um, we are going to be updating that probably in the next couple of months. You can also email me at rogo at risingphoenix.guru or rogo at rpcgrowthstrategies.com. Both emails work. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's uh, pretty easy to find me. Um, so, yeah. And we in, you know, our brochures pull up the website again. <clears throat> if you want mm -hmm. information about what we do and you want to read and digest it for yourself, you know, you can go check out our marketing blog um, and our pricing and brochures. You can. Yeah. And we've got categories there. You know, we're published in Legal Tech News, Law Journal Newsletter, Legal Business World. Um, and then any of those brochures you can download. All the information's there. Pricing is there. You know, I put all of our information there so you can do your own research and digest that for yourself before you reach out to us. Awesome. Final question is, you know, what's one piece of advice that you would share with a law firm that is trying to figure out or get started with, you know, how do we improve our marketing? Sure. So again, it's, and I've said it a couple of times, you need to understand your goal. What What is your goal for marketing? Do you understand that marketing is supposed to lead to revenue generation? And most law firms have marketing, business development um, by function, by title. But lawyers need to also think of themselves as salespeople. They are selling their services. And you really need to learn how what marketing is and what it isn't. Marketing is not sales. Um, marketing is marketing. What is business development? Business development is the networking and, and the bridge between marketing and sales. And it's the speaking engagements. It's the conferences. It's being seen out there. Um, and then the sales is being able to bring marketing and business development together to close revenue generating um, engagements with new clients and increase your services with existing clients. So marketing business development and sales are three necessary pieces of the pie in order to grow your firm. Awesome. I love it. Well, Rogo, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Thank you so much for having me, Terrell. This is exciting. I was looking forward to it. And I'm absolutely tickled that we met at ABA. And please definitely let me know how I can help you, if I can introduce you to anybody, um, help you get my exposure. I am more than happy to do that. Absolutely. Thank you.